Welcome to the Inside Story on Franchising with valuable insights on how to create multiple streams of income through franchising and building businesses. Host Ricardo Matos has spent more than 25 years building businesses in multiple industries and helping other business owners succeed. His expertise and entrepreneurial know-how will educate and inspire you. On the show, Ricardo brings together industry experts and insiders who share solutions and strategies along with a passion for helping entrepreneurs make the best decision when it comes to buying a franchise or any business opportunity and much more. Good afternoon, good day, and good morning, good night. <laughs> Literally, all right, all right. Diane, welcome to the podcast. I, I'm glad to have you in our podcast and share some of your expertise and knowledge and wisdoms and ideas. How are you today? I am great. Good morning. And for those uh, on other time zones, it's probably still the morning. So great to be able to share wisdom and information with your clients. That's great. That's great. What can you tell us about yourself and uh, what you are, what is it that you do within your business? All right. Absolutely. So I am a funding consultant. I've been with Tenant Financial Group for the last 12 years. I do assist clients all across the country. We're able to help with various funding options that we'll chat about today. And my background in customer service and in client relations and in pensions has led me to be able to um, explore and help clients. And we know that no two people are alike. So we, each and every client is going to be looked at based on their fundability and um, trying to create an opportunity for them to explore entrepreneurship. Very nice, very nice. So in other words, what do people need to do to get funded for the franchise acquisition? If they were to acquire a franchise, what is the one thing they, they need to do to get funded? All right, well, there's many, many components to funding. And in an ideal scenario, if a person is looking at a loan, they're gonna to have to have good credit near 700 or better. They're also going to have to have cash for both the injection. A lender cannot give a person 100% of the funding. So there's two components that are very important. A client must bring forth non-borrowed cash injection, and they also have to show the lender that they've got additional capital, additional funds, for what they call post-close, after the loan closes liquidity. Very often with loans, the bank is gonna require collateral. In most instances, for example, that's gonna be equity in a person's home. So a person, if they did not own a home and they were looking for a loan, they might need to be partnering with another family, mm -hmm. friend, relative for that. So uh, the lenders are also looking for people that have low or reasonable debt. Um, the lenders for a loan, again, this is just for a loan, <clears throat> are looking for a person's relatable experience. Do they actually have any experience in that exact industry that they're looking to get into? Mm -hmm. Or do they have management skills or other skills from the past that can easily translate? Um, so that is kind of basic information. You need to have good credit scores, good credit history, uh, a management resume showing your experience, and very often you would need collateral. They're looking for people that have not had a bankruptcy 
in the last seven years. Can you elaborate on the word injection so that people can understand when you mean the word injection means like, is that the initial fee of a franchise? Is that the initial money they have invested overall trying to develop a business? Can you elaborate a little bit well, more on what the word injection means? In regard to a loan, let's say a small business administration, an SBA loan, cash injection is the borrower's literal use of their own funds. So if a, let's just say a total project is $400,000. Let's just say the lender is looking for a 20% cash injection. In that scenario, a $400,000 project, if the borrower must bring to the table, bring forth cash injection, that would be $80,000. It cannot be borrowed money. It cannot come out of like a liquid home cash. equity. Yep, actual liquidity. Perfect, perfect. All right, well, that basically brings us to the next question. So uh, tell us about the different funding options there are for the franchise and any businesses, and what is the process to get pre-qualified before stating or starting on how to attain a funding? And okay. I think you mentioned a little bit about it, but can you elaborate more into that funding option? Absolutely. Absolutely. We could touch upon four different funding options. Some of them are debt, meaning borrowing. Mm -hmm. Some of them are what's called non-debt, where they're able to tap into some of their own assets. Mm -hmm. So there is a loan that is called an express loan. It's a small business administration loan, and it goes up to 150,000. So it is from 60,000 to 150. If a person is looking for a service-based business, not a brick and mortar, and that business is in that funding range, then, and they would also have to ensure that that franchise is on the registry. There is something called an SBA registry and a client trying to get funding for a franchise, no matter how well that client might be qualified as a person, the funding is only possible if that franchise is on the registry and you're able to determine and share with your clients um, whether or not that franchise is on the registry. So that loan is a great option for loans up to 150,000. What's very interesting about that loan, the data that I shared just moments ago about having good credit scores and good credit history and no bankruptcies and reasonable debt, those are all required for loans. What's different about this loan is that there is no collateral required. A person does not have to put up the equity in their home, but in order to qualify for this SBA Express loan, the individual must be employed, they must be working, and they must either have or have had a mortgage. So there are very stringent requirements for all lending. And in actuality, the lending climate has gotten more difficult during this COVID year. So it is 
there are just a lot of steps and a lot of requirements that the bank demands. So that's one loan, an SBA Express. It is not ideal at all for a storefront business where clientele is coming in. Or a startup? Well, it is for a startup business, but it is not for a person who's trying to open up a salon, a restaurant, or a gym. Number one, those businesses would very likely be more than 150000 anyway, but that SBA Express loan is not allowed to be used for build-out or construction. So that's why a service-based business, sometimes they refer to that as a man-in-a-van type business, is ideal, where there is no need for a location or an office space. Very much so. So another, another loan that is called a regular SBA loan is commonly used, and it is also referred to as a 7A loan. That is going to require collateral. The person will have to be working or their spouse or partner working. The lender needs to see that there is outside income coming in so that the person has both the cash injection up front, which is usually near 20% on average. So again, that example, $400,000 business, 20% of that is 100,000 or, or 80,000, depending on the cash injection and that extra liquidity. But the lender is required to be looking for collateral on that larger loan, it actually goes up to $5 million. So it's a loan that's typically gonna be two, three, four, 500,000 or more. So that is a loan that is commonly used for people that are interested in projects that are of course above that 150 level. Very nice. Very nice. Another option, perhaps the very most common non-debt funding option for franchising is what's called the 401k or the IRA rollover. And that option is for anyone who is investing in any type of for-profit business if they have pre-tax retirement dollars, if they're not from your current employer, and if you have 50,000 or more in those pre-tax accounts. And we can go into more detail afterwards. And when I referenced four types of options, we talked about the SBA Express for a smaller loan, the regular SBA 7A. We talked about the rollover as a non-debt option. And another option is called unsecured lines of credit. That would be for a person who has credit scores of 700 or better, low credit card debt, a small number of inquiries, and that they've had established credit showing credit payment history for five or more years. So for example, if a person's 21 years old, they're not gonna have much established credit. And these options are viable because they are personal lines of credit, actually multiple lines of credit 
for a person's use. Typically, in, a, in, in just a general term, those unsecured lines of credit could be between, say, 20,000 and maybe 60 or 70,000, depending on how good the credit scores and credit history are. Very much, very nice, very nice. So now on another matters, based on what you just mentioned, how can a retirement fund be used and which type of retirement fund can be used for to franchise acquisition or even business establishment? Okay, absolutely. This option called a rollover as a business startup, also called a 401k or an IRA rollover is huge these days. It is allowing a person to tap into any type of pre-tax retirement funds. So here's a list of the most common types of retirement funds that people might have. IRA, SEP IRA, 401k, 403b, 457, thrift savings plan called a TSP. It could be a pension. It could be an annuity. Depending on what type of job or career the clients have would determine the type of retirement account and what it's actually called. So the rollover is going to allow a person to tap into that money penalty-free without taking a taxable distribution, which is a beautiful thing. Because if a person did not know about the rollover and they just called their IRA provider and said, hey, I need this money as soon as possible, I need to take out $100,000 right away, that would be a withdrawal. That would incur an early withdrawal penalty and the entire amount would be considered taxable income. In that path, which is not the way I can help, in that path, they would be losing 35 to 38% of that money. In the rollover option, they can use any portion of those funds they want, penalty-free, without the taxable um, effect. Those funds could be used to fund any type of for-profit business, absolutely any business, a startup, a purchasing an existing business. They can recapitalize a business as long as it's for-profit and the clients, we will help with each and every step of that process. We're gonna create their corporation and we set up a brand new 401k plan so that their old retirement dollars could be moved into a new 401k of their new business. And those funds could then be directly wired to their company bank account with complete liquidity. So that brings up uh, several questions based on what you just mentioned there. One will be, how does the process work? Okay? The other one is, which type of business entity can the equity for those rollover programs uh, to fund a new business would take. What kind of entity of a business company and how long would the process take to establish this new methodology without no prepaid penalties to use those funds? Okay, so that's a couple of questions. I'll, I'll tackle them one at a time. Yeah. So the only entity that the IRS allows for this rollover option is a C corporation. Okay. 
So if a person was starting a brand new business, a brand new franchise, we would set up their C corporation in the state they live in. We'll get their articles of incorporation, tax ID numbers, and we will also get a federal tax ID number for the 401k. So that's the key thing. It must be a C corporation. If someone said, oh, wow, this option is great. I didn't know about it. And just last week, I set up an LLC already. That's okay. Two, two paths can be taken. If they just set up an LLC and they've done nothing with it, no harm, no foul, they could literally ignore that LLC. They could get rid of it. And we would be starting fresh with the proper entity, a C corporation. Or if they had set up their LLC and they've already started to market it or whatnot, and they want to keep um, that name of their company, their accountant would be able to convert that old LLC to a C corporation. And we then jump in from there and make sure that we're following all the guidelines that the IRS has. Very nice. You mentioned timing. There are many variables to this process. What state do you live in? And are the state requirements for setting up the corporation lengthy or are they, um, are they a quicker turnaround? Also, where are the funds coming from? Are they coming from an old IRA? That's great. Or are they from your current job and you would then need to have separated from your job if your entire 401k account is with your current employer. You did not roll money into it. You've been with that job for 25 years and that's where your 401k is. You would only be able to access that money if you were separating from service. So if a person said they were not going to leave their job for many years and they were under age 59 and a half, the chances are very slim that their employer plan would allow the ability for them to roll money out. So uh, other factors are, you know, how quickly they're able to turn around documentation and follow the process. On average, during these COVID days, I would say that the timing might be near four to five weeks if you have already left that employer. Um, and therefore, it, that leads to another component. If you are working at a job and you had rolled over retirement dollars from a prior employer, but you're still working and you're keeping your job for now, you can use the funds that were rolled over from that prior employer as long as you do have 50,050 or more. The rollover makes sense if those pre-tax retirement dollars are at 50,000 or higher. Very nice. All right. That brings up another question in relation to what you just mentioned. Besides your overall establishment of that entity of business, of the corporation entity, if a person, like you say, if a person currently have one entity of the LLC, but they now they're going to create a C corporation. Can that C corporation have multiple entities attached to that C corporation and benefit from that that uh, business, that plan, that new rollover plan? Can that you have multiple big, businesses attached to it. 
Right. The laws are very, very um, explicit. The C corporation cannot in any way fund an LLC or an S corporation or a sole proprietorship. The C corporation is an entity. It must be a for-profit business. Uh, the client would be an employee of that business and those funds can only be used for that C corporation business venture. So if a person had the LLC, that's why it would have to have been converted to a C corporation for this option to be possible. But if a person um, had that LLC and they weren't gonna convert it, the rollover would not be possible uh, because the C corporation is mandated by the IRS. I see. Perfect. Very nice. Well, Diane, it sounds to me that you have worked with a variety of clients. Who is your ideal person who can benefit from this services or who is the ideal client that it would choose benefit from this overall entity? Okay. So if we're looking at funding in two options, debt, meaning a loan, versus the 401k rollover. The key criteria with any new business owner is that if they are looking for a loan, they must have liquid cash. It cannot be borrowed. So if they have significant cash on hand, representing, for example, that 20% in a loan, and they've got cash reserves, and they are working, and they have a home, those are the key elements with good credit for a person to potentially qualify for a loan. For a person who wanted the non-debt option, those have, that have pre-tax retirement funds, they would need to be from a prior employer and they would need to have 50,000 or more in those accounts. And what's of great interest to many people is the actual combination of those two. Let's say a person is looking at a big franchise opportunity and maybe they did not have much liquid cash, mm -hmm. but they had a great IRA. They can use our service to roll over that IRA, which becomes completely liquid, and that would satisfy the bank, proving they've got that non-borrowed cash injection and then a loan for a two-piece puzzle, a loan and a rollover combined to give proper funding. That would be generalized for a business that would be, um, you know, certainly 150, 200, 300,000 or more, not for a business that's, you know, 60, 70, 80,000. Very nice. So Diane, can you give us a, a story on the path on people that you have worked that you felt that there was no way in, in any way that you could help them, but you found a way to solve a problem to help them achieve that goal to get funded. Can you give us a, a general idea of what you have worked in the past that it was not possible, but you were able to find due to the everything you have stated, a way, a mean for them to be funded? Okay, so if a person does not have good credit or they do not have much cash, or they've never had a home, yet they wanted a loan, they would have to be finding a strong partner that met all those criteria to be in the project with them, whether it was a specific partner that was gonna do the business with them, 
whether it was going to be a parent that was going to be, in essence, the co-borrower um, or something of that nature. If a person has low credit, they would have to increase their credit scores by lowering their credit card debt. If a person was car shopping and had their credit pulled, they would have a tremendous amount of inquiries. Those inquiries are going to affect their credit. It is going to actually scare off a lender because they're going to wonder why is this individual having all of a sudden 15 or 18 inquiries in a given year. So a person does not want to, you know, destroy their credit by trying to apply for too many credit cards or for them to be car shopping at, at nauseum where they're going to literally destroy their credit. So a person who cannot qualify on their own would have to have a strong partner. And that certainly is, is something that, um, that people do consider exactly. very often. Yeah, it's kind of funny you said that. You did mention credit cards. And in the past, we have heard stories of people building their business because they had credit cards, right? And whoever gave that suggestion or idea because someone else did it in any different way, we don't know how exactly they really did it. And I've seen people where they have jumped in the bandwagon and start applying for credit cards, credit cards and building, trying to build businesses with those credit cards. And it's kind of funny you said that. So that, that is not a good advice where, where people have been doing that in the past. And I'm glad that you stated that they, they should not be doing so. Yeah, it, you bring up a, an interesting point. That last, uh, when I mentioned four funding options and I mentioned unsecured lines of credit, that in effect, when done properly by professionals, it is used of, those would be providing you with personal lines of credit. There are also what's called personal term loans. Whether it's the unsecured lines of credit at the 0% interest for up to 12 months on revolving lines of credit or a personal term loan, a client has absolutely, and I've helped hundreds and hundreds of people over the last 12 years that are looking for reasonable amount of funding. When I say reasonable, they are, they got some cash, they don't wanna wait for an SBA loan, and they've got good credit. We do work closely with a company that specializes in those multiple lines of credit, and therefore there are absolutely people who do look for 30, 40, 50,000 on those unsecured lines of credit. That is also getting to be more difficult these days, and it is absolutely dramatically easier for a person to qualify for that if they are working. So if they're working, they could qualify for a term loan based on your credit scores, your credit history that is not an SBA loan. Yeah. So people sometimes combine the term loan with unsecured, but these are not for people looking for 75, 80, 100 plus in value. Can we elaborate a little bit on the FBA loans? Because most people don't realize the FBA loans, they don't necessarily give loans. They just guarantee loans. Can you elaborate so that we can be clear understanding that FBA loans is not an award of loans, more of an award of a guarantee to protect that loan? Can you elaborate 
more into that so people understand the FBA does not okay. give loans. Yeah. The SBA does not ever loan money. The SBA is an entity that performs and designs the criteria for banks. So we at Tenant Financial Group work with numerous banks that do SBA loans. The difference there is that an SBA loan is a government-backed loan. So not only does the borrower have to meet the bank's criteria for a loan to qualify, but they also must, of course, meet the SBA government-based credit um, criteria. So SBA loans are actually backed by the government, which means that that's why the bank is so cautious of this. So they want to make sure that they've got a real solid borrower. If a person had a, you know, a, a checkered past or had bankruptcies or had arrest records or things like that, those are all going to be discovered early on. The reality is that if a bank did a loan for a borrower and the unfortunate scenario help, uh, transpired that they were defaulting on the loan after one or two or three years, that means that that bank will get a portion of that money back from the government, which is what, literally 85% of the money, which is why the government has such stringent criteria. Imagine if everybody defaulted on a loan, yeah. the government has to pay that back. So there are deep criterias, but the SBA does not loan money. Banks loan money based on SBA criteria. Perfect, perfect. All right, so we are reaching top of the hour right here. And um, Diane, where can uh, our listeners go and learn more about you and what your business is all about? And how can they connect and learn more from what you have stated today? Absolutely. Let me share with you my email address as well as my direct phone number. And I'll repeat them both twice. Diane, D-I-A-N-E, at Tenant financialgroup.com that's tenantfinancialgroup.com tenant is spelled t e n e t my direct phone 413-754-3298 once again 413 413- Seven five four three two nine eight. Very nice, very nice. Diane, it really has been a real pleasure having you in our podcast. We definitely look forward to hear more from you in the near future. I appreciate you very much, and uh, thank you again. All right, you bet. Have a great day. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Inside Story on Franchising with your host, Ricardo Matos. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. That way, you'll never miss a new episode and you can help spread the word to more entrepreneurs like yourself. We really appreciate that effort and we'll catch you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.